Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springs of the My View Matters radio show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at AOL.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, home of EdSpringston.com. You go for stories, podcasts, whatever we've got going. While you're at EdSpringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll get you updates on a weekly or monthly basis. Secondly, please join the RSS feed, and we'll get your podcast delivered direct to your inbox as well. And finally, donate to donate to donate. Yes, we do have a handy-dandy donate button right there at edsprings.com, and we'd appreciate any help you could give us. It kind of helps us keep everything rolling. In the meantime, call in number is always 858-683-1326. For those of you in the listening queue, please hit the number one on your dial pad. We'll try to get you on air as soon as possible. The live chat is now open. And you can also reach me at Facebook on Messenger at Ed Springston. 
So there you go. That's all the background and all the other hoopla. Not sure where Mr. Martin is just yet. I would imagine he will be joining us momentarily at some point. Ed kind of gets stuck with that business that Barack Obama built for him every now and then, so it takes a while. And, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So we got a lot to go over, though, however. And, you know, we, we really need to get into a few things tonight. And I tell you, one of those things I want to get into is this garbage on uh, on the sales tax. And I call it a sales tax. Fisher says we need a tax. Uh, he's thinking about raising taxes and everything else to help with this so-called $65 million budget shortfall. I find it laughable at best, um, pathetic at worst. Um, but the reason I call it a sales tax is there was nothing coincidental with, with these idiots that run this city. Nothing at all. They lost, and I use that term loosely, they lost the local option sales tax. Think about that acronym, right? Um, they, they couldn't get it passed. So they've been trying to find a way to generate more money for the Democrats to misuse and abuse and, and, and screw around with. So now they have decided that we have this $65 million budget shortfall over four years, by the way, um, and, and that we have to pass this tax. Otherwise, we're going to lose, you know, professional services like police, fire, that kind of stuff. Um, i got to tell you, this has got to be, it's the oldest play in the book. We have to tug on the heartstrings, make it look like the poor people in this community aren't going to get the services that they deserve because we just can't afford it because we're so top-heavy, we don't know which end is down. And when we look at all of that in play, you know, you have to look at the big picture here. Is that really going to happen? No. Can we cut $65 million over four years? Oh, hell yeah. We'd cut that in the first year if we wanted to cut it. And that seems to be the biggest deal. Um, Mr. Martin is now joining us. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm tired, Mr. Springsteen, but but what the hell? Got to earn my pay, right? So yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to blow that zero <laughs> out onto your check every year. I'm telling you. Uh, you're going to double my pay for certain days I'm particularly well at, right? I'm going to make you start giving me some of those zeros back. I, um, you know, and we do mean zeros, folks. Neither one of us can pay to do any of this stuff. Um, you know, we're talking about the, the, this tax situation, Ed, and, and I tell you, it's a joke to me that all of a sudden we have this $65 million tax problem when, you know, they lost the local option sales tax that they were shooting for. They gave back $15 million to the federal government. Uh, decided they weren't going to renew the uh, early childhood and head start money at JCPS through the federal government because they got caught, um, you know, screwing around with the money. So rather than face the government oversight and having to deal with all of that, they said, okay, we just take it. And lo and behold, all of a sudden we've got this shortfall, and they're going to increase JCPS funding by $20 million supposedly for early childhood and head start. So where do you think this money comes from? Well, it comes from new property taxes. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, truth of the matter is, it's a, stretched over whatever it is, four years. It's, a, it's a, not much money. It's, it's really not. I mean, but, yeah, it's just, uh, 
mayor's going to sit up here. You know, just a couple months ago, everything was hunky dory. You know, we were they were, they were spending money on the on, you know helping the Yum Center out. We we're building right. soccer stadiums. We we're 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 talking about building a <clears throat> uh, useless indoor track in the West End. Right. You know, right. it's just it, we're just we're just having a ball spending this money. You know, and 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 and, and all of a sudden. Now it's like, whoops, you know, and I, I look at that and think, okay, it, what's going on here? I mean, we, we know that they always want to raise taxes. They always want more, other, more of other people's money to play with. But, you know, I made the, the snarky comment, uh, didn't see this coming, you know, back when we had the, the, the state of the city or whatever, and, you know, everything's right. supposed to be great, and we're, we're you know, we're, we're revenues up or we're subsidizing whatever big old hotels, and it's just you know it's just one thing after another. <clears throat> now all of a sudden, oops! Now we have to cut fire and fire and uh, EMS and police. It's like no, no. Uh, I think you right. need to cut soccer stadiums and and bike lanes and and uh, you know I hate to say it, but money for the homeless and stuff. It's like, look, you're spending half a million dollars, you know, we're gonna budget half a million dollars for that. So it's like, look, guys, you're throwing money all over the place. Right. Then you come to us and say, Well, we're, we're it's gonna be sixty five million <clears throat> over four years. So, you know, let's not on top of that, you know, it's like, oh, sixty five million sounds so much better, so much more drastic when you say it's like no, it's Fifteen million dollars or so a year is what it amounts to. Right. So well, they're trying to say, but they're trying to say the first year. Well, they're trying to say the first year we have to have thirty-five million, and I don't really care. Uh, The point of the matter is, our budget is well over seven hundred million dollars a year. That's counting federal funds. I'm not going to say it's all Louisville money, but you know, JCPS got in trouble with their Head Start money. Uh, They unanimously voted in May to get to give up their fifteen million dollar grant. Uh, just a few days before the federal government issued a damning letter to JCPS, faulting JCPS for continuing to put student safety at risk. Uh, The notice from the Federal Office of Head Start uh, detailed new allegations and reports of abuse and neglect. Uh, You know, JCPS had been under federal oversight since fall of 2017 and would probably have lost its funding anyway. So they tried to pretend to us that we were they were doing all this because they just didn't, they did it because they weren't living up to the thing. And quite frankly, if they think this sixty five million over four years is a big deal, if the feds ever came in here and audited all these federal grants that the city of Louisville gets, millions and millions of dollars would be gone. Because they, they lie, cheat and steal and abuse these grants and never follow through with the tenants what these grants are for. We'll give some examples of that in a minute. I want to bring Paul in real quick. He's been on hold for a minute. How are you, sir? Well, hello, gentlemen. How are you? Paul, you got to work on your sound. I can't hardly hear you. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> solve it now. You usually, okay. That's much, much better. You were using a headset, weren't you? I was. I was. There we go. Hey, go ahead. Listen, um, I'm going to uh, tell you guys something that I think that I believe both of you know already, and probably a few of your uh, probably a few of your listening audience knows as well. Uh, right back when the Louisville and Jefferson County government merger happened, 
one of the things that the new merged government did was to get rid of assets that they deemed no longer necessary to the function of merged government. One of those assets, just for an example, was the Southfields police training grounds that the police objected to, but it didn't make any difference. They got rid of it anyway. They also got rid of a number of other real estate holdings in Jefferson County that they deemed were not necessary to government function. Well, there's actually exists right now a real estate asset of, of quite substantial value that has no substantial government function that could be sold off and take care of this $65 million shortfall in, uh, in one fell swoop. Okay? I bet, I, bet, I bet I know what you're talking about. What's it worth? I, I bet I it's Churchill Downs. It is Churchill Downs. <laughs> the city of Louisville, under Democrat Mayor Dave Armstrong, acquired the title to 142 acres of land that the Churchill Downs racetrack barns parking lots sits on. Right. And uh, they, the, the title holder on that tract of land is the city of Louisville, Metro government. Now, I would bet you that if that piece of property were offered for sale, that there would be some mega-rich individual or corporation or maybe even a Saudi sheik that would come forward and would easily pony up $65 million for that tract of land. Easily. Actually, easily. I, I actually agree with that, as far, especially as far as the Saudi sheik. They would love to own a racetrack. Especially oh, Churchill Downs, yeah. the history of the Kentucky especially Derby. Churchill. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what that property value is. I don't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I can't even tell you what. Uh, you know, Churchill Downs doesn't pay property taxes. In lieu of property taxes, they pay a lump sum every year to JCPS. It's not what I think the property is worth. But I don't. I don't know what is the value of that property. How many acres is that? You said it was 100 something. Well, it's, a, it's 142 acres for the main track, barns, and parking lots. Churchill Downs, the corporation, is essentially a tenant of the Churchill Downs racetrack property owned by Metro government. So there's a business relationship there between Churchill Downs, the the billion – by the way, Churchill Downs, the corporation, is a billion-dollar corporation, as you guys probably would have suspected. Um, So they're a tenant, a piece of property owned by local government. And Jefferson – Jefferson County Property Valuation Office just recently, uh-huh. within the last years, increased the taxable value or the taxable assessment on that property to a little over $20 million, which, again, are you kidding me? $20 million. And that was up from, oh my God. I think it was previously at, uh, at three or four million. I mean, it was deliberately undervalued for a very long period of time. And even at twenty million, I think it's yeah. I think it's undervalued. I do. I would anticipate that so, thing would go for for well more than sixty five million. So we have again, we have the solution. We have the solution. It's right there. It is. It will generate the sixty five million dollars. Just put it up for sale on the world market. Somebody or some corporation will come along 
and they'll they'll swoop that thing right up, put it into their portfolio. I think you got a point, Mr. Martin. Go ahead. Well, I think so. I think that's a possibility. But you know, and of course, in CDI, Churchill Downs Incorporated could get, could buy it too. But for me, I like I say, I'm just looking at it just. As uh, as the stop it guys would tell you, it's just the nickel and diming stuff that they that they do on the spending end is is what gets me. It's just how many how many little pet projects do we have? You know, they're they're handing money out. You know, and, and not the least of which is is lawsuits and stuff. It, uh, the, the police look look at that. But you know, then I look at things like the uh, the recent Google Fiber failure. That, City spent half a million, almost half a million dollars on some DC law firm trying to get to force AT and T to to take their right. uh, to, to allow uh, Google to move their equipment. Which you know, I'm not a big fan of big corporations, but I can see where AT and T doesn't want that to happen. You know, stay off my Four stuff. Grand. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, the city just it's it's constantly doing stuff. I can say it. I look at the hotels and. And and the Fourth Street Live stuff over the years, uh, you, you name it, the, the soccer stadium. I don't know they say they're supposed to get their money back, but I I just look at so much stuff and, it, and somebody somebody says, well, it really amounts to like forty cents a person for the next four years, you know, in the city. And granted, a lot of those persons are kids who don't pay taxes, so yeah, you're fan, you know, I'm forty cents a month, so it's. It's not that bad. That's what always cracks me up about politicians is when they want something to sound bad or good, they they put it in a they, they don't really explain it, but they'll put it anywhere from a from a four to ten year context. So no, we're fifth we're fifteen, maybe sixteen million dollars a year in arrears, you know, because of the pension. Um, you know, the pension that Andy Bashir didn't let Bevan try to fix, so yeah. Right. Whatever. It's, well, I I see that stuff, you know, and hell, it's raining right now, and Lord knows MSD charges is <laughs> all a runoff fee. So, you know, who knows? Right. Maybe it keeps raining, MSD will be able to pick the cab up on that. Who knows? Right. Well, see, that's it. I mean, you know, you're not looking at, but you're not looking at a big amount of money either. I mean, you know, roughly we've got 720 to 750 million dollars a year counting federal funds. I want to make sure it's clear that because if somebody will say, "Oh, we don't have that kind of a budget," yeah, we do with the federal grants and everything else we receive. But you know, when you look at this in, in, in the big picture of stuff, you're looking at maybe one and a half to two percent if you actually went with a cut across the board. Shit, you could cut most of that out of JCPS. You've got over two daggone cheese for every Indian on the JCPS. For every teacher we've got, we've got like two and a half daggone, you know support staff and chiefs. I mean, that's just totally ridiculous. It's completely backwards from the rest of the country. You could cut that much from JCPS. And the other thing that bothers me about this as well is when you look at this, one of the things that they're talking about, and it drives me completely bonkers, once again, they're talking about special tax districts, adding taxes to insurance. We're already paying through the roof for insurance. Um, You know, these special tax districts, we're talking about TIF districts. These TIF districts aren't working so well. The people downtown that keep getting stuck with these tip districts for the KFC Yum Center and all the other crap that they do are are losing money. They're not making any money because the taxes are too high. So what ultimately happens is you're going to run that out of business. Then we're going to subsidize somebody else to come in tax-free and give them upfront money. Um, You know, all of those things add up. 
I mean, th- th- these are the either the dumbest people ever running this city, or they just don't give a shit. All they want is more money to to sit there and and you know, basically pollute and take care of themselves with. I just think it's ridiculous. You know, how can we continue doing these tip districts? It's like you mentioned the hotels they had, like the Omni, or all the things that they're doing downtown. You know, those things aren't adding any value here. Fourth Street Live, remember Cordy's group? They were supposed to bring money to the city. We have never received a dime on that. Not one dime. We continue subsidizing them. You know, so we're spending all of our money, all of our tax money, to all these corporations that come here. Fourth Street Live goes through tenants like water. How many different tenants have they had on Fourth Street Live since they opened up? And it was supposed to be the hotspot, right? So, you know, I don't understand why people can't call these idiots like Fisher and everybody else for what they truly are. And I'll be honest with you, the yeah. one person, the one person who I'm actually got some respect for happens to be a Democrat. Uh, but let's look at Brent Ackerson, right? I mean, he's yep. calling Fisher out and everything else. I'm really, really pleased with Brent Ackerson. Now, he's a Democrat, folks, so that freaks you all out. But Brent, Brent Ackerson is saying, hey, wait a minute. Why didn't you tell us about this shit a long time ago? Why do we have to continue, you know, getting to a point where big decisions come and we have to make a decision in a week at the last minute because of these fast-tracking crafts? This is something we should have had time to prepare for, something we could have talked about, something we could have worked on. But now, all of a sudden, we have to have it mandatory. It's an emergency, right? And I love the fact that Ackerson is calling out his own party and his own mayor. And, you know, props to him for doing so. But, um, I, you know, so, so what's the answer? We know we can sell Churchill Downs. Paul, I absolutely love that idea. You know, we have talked about Churchill Downs getting taken care of for free in this city for many, many years. You know, I mean, you look at the bills, MSD, all the other stuff that we have to pay increased rates for. They're not stuck with because it's city-owned property, right? All these different things, property. I mean, yep. you know, they, they yep. make millions and millions of dollars. And that's how they make it is on our tax money. So how do we get control and in the meantime, of this? What's the answer? In the meantime, Churchill Downs, the corporation, has invested something like 20 or $30 million into uh, structural and grounds upgrades. They've got this gigantic oh. jumbotron out there now. They've, they're remodeling oh. it like uh, the, the grandstands like crazy. And like, like most corporations, when they make investments like that, that becomes a depreciable asset. So over right. time, those things will end up getting paid for by reducing the taxes that Churchill Absolutely. Downs, the corporation, pays. So it's and, essentially and it's who, essentially a zero sum game. Well, but who pays for those depreciations? <laughs> I get it. I get Everybody it. Everybody else does. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody else pays for those. So, so, so what do we do with this? Why is it that nobody is talking about that as an option? And what's the answer for this tax so, situation? Because we don't need new taxes. I'll tell you what, I, I think, you know, I, and I think it's a, it's a creative idea. But I think it's pure bullshit. You know, I do think even the Churchill Downs idea, although interesting, you know, the one-shot, you know, emergency fund kind of thing, I think, you know, in this situation, that's bullshit. You know what? Fisher's supposed to be this big businessman. He's been running the city for two terms now. You know what? It, like you said, Ed, it's 1% or 2% of the budget tops. Okay, Mr. Businessman, make the appropriate cuts to keep essential services on land. 
man up, cowboy up, nut up, whatever you want to call it, make the cut. Cut it somewhere else. You're a freaking businessman. Show me what you got. You know, cut, cut right. whatever. You know, make it whether whether you're so freaking smart. Do it, do it with your fuel purchases. You know, buy 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 it, go long, go short on fuel. Uh, do it with uh, cutting costs on the on on renting or lease properties that the city might rent or lease in the area. Increase the uh, rental or lease rates for city property or something. Figure it out. Little bitty pits and piece, bits and pieces, like Ackerson said. Fisher knew this was coming. Everybody knew this was coming. He's acting like yep. he didn't, you know, because they want to create a crisis where everybody goes, oh, crap, shit, fire, do it now, boom. And, of course, the do-it-now solution is always nothing but let's just raise some money real quick. No. Right. The smart solution, the, the mature solution, the business solution is you're 1% to 2%. Uh, in, you know, you're going to have a 1% to 2% shortfall. Show me where you can well, cut see, from the budget. Show me where you can that's cut two percent from the budget. Is it is it some horseshit? Like I said, some some silly ass indoor track that nobody cares about, or right. or is it is it is it bankrolling forty some odd millionaires in their soccer stadium? Is it is it is it bankrolling? Is it is it cutting another whatever distillery? Cutting their their tax burden? Is it cutting a hotel's tax burden? You know what what is it? Go in there and, and figure it out. Take these little bitty bites out of it like any businessman does. Look at all your line items on your expenses, all your line items on the, on the revenue. Stay the hell off the taxpayers. We're already the one of the highest tax cities going. Figure it out. It's 2%. If you can't figure it out, please resign. Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, there, there's not a business in the world that does that, that doesn't do that. Um, you know, that's that's business. But that's the problem with, with electing these morons that care more about what they call social justice. There's no such animal. It's a made-up term for Democrats rather than doing their job. The government is a business, folks. That's it. It's the business of, ta- uh, of taking care of the city needs and stuff. That's it. Period. The end. When you start treating it like a business, you'll see results. And as much as people hate it when I say this, that's why we're seeing results at the federal level with President Trump. He's a businessman. You might not like him. You might not like the way he says things or anything else. But he's a businessman. That's why we're rolling on all cylinders right now. Um, you know, And, every, of course, every business goes through a downturn, which means we collect less taxes. But when you go through that downturn in your business, Ed, what do you do? You tighten the belt and you make adjustments, don't you? Same thing, same thing you do in, in any household, and that's the thing. It's not just the business people; it's your household. If you if, if you're in flow or you find you got a big bill coming up, you know what? You cut back a little here and there. You don't eat out. Right. You, you take a one week vacation or a state. You do a staycation instead of a week. You make cuts where you have to. Uh, you know, nothing dramatic. That's you don't it. sell both the same. You don't sell a family car. But you make cuts, you know, it's like, oh, hell, you know, it's going to be a little tight, so maybe we turn the thermostat down. You make small adjustments through, you know, in a city's case, you make thousands of small adjustments and pay the freaking bills. But Fisher, Fisher, like like most politicians, is lazy. They're just looking at it and going, okay, well, we need 65 million, we need 15 million. Well, Fisher's okay, always been lazy. We're just, we're just, we're just, yeah, we're just going to have to raise, you know, we're looking at this, and we're going to have to raise these taxes and these taxes, and that should do it, you know. Like, well, okay, then then what? Is there a sunset on it? So so we're, so we're $16, 17000000 million for the next uh, three or four years. 
uh, after that, you're going to give it back. You're going to, you're going to, is there a sunset on it? Uh, <laughs> we know better know? than that. And like I think, and like well, see, that's the thing. thing. If they can't come up with it, you know, and the only mm-hmm. solution these idiots can come up with is cutting, you know, or raising taxes. Okay, you know, if, if you can sell me on it, good luck. But if you can, then it's like, okay, and after four years, when we're not in arrears anymore and everything's screwed up, complete sunset on it. Like, complete right. sunset on it. It's yeah, and, and, and the other hey, part of this, go ahead. Got, a, got an even better, got an even better idea than just a sunset. If these politicians believe that they have a project that they they know is a great project, then why don't rather than having a special election, why don't they just set up a GoFundMe account and see how many people share their vision, and that way they can share their money. <laughs> They'll probably don't Ooh. give them any ideas. They'll probably try that bullshit, but then the bitchy Republicans aren't giving to the GoFundMe because they know the Democrats aren't going to use their money. Um, you know, but you look at a bigger picture here too. Of course, Fisher and them are trying to blame all of this on the uh, increasing pension costs demanded from Frankfurt. That's a bullshit lie, yeah. in my opinion, as well. Are those costs are are, they, are those costs rising? Yes, but it's because of the bullshit that they put in place for these pensions. You know, they haven't held pensions accountable for de- under the Democrat rule for decades, period, the end. This isn't a Matt Bevin problem. This is an inherited problem for Matt Bevin. And every time he tries to do anything to fix it, they stop it. Andy Bashir goes and files a lawsuit over everything. The teachers don't want to give up anything. The government employees don't want to work with them on a, on a valid contract. Um, you know, you look at all of this stuff. You know, and then they want to sit here and whine. They give back $15 million in federal money, and now they scream that we need more tax revenue. I mean, all of this adds up to a bigger picture, folks. And yeah. I don't see a $65 million shortfall. I think they're full of shit. The pension cost in the crisis is easily averted by, by, by everybody, you know, doing their, doing their jobs. You know, downsizing JCPS to what it should be in the overhead. I'm not talking about the classroom, folks. Don't get all freaked out. But you downsize JCPS, you get fiscal responsibility out of these guys. You hold them accountable to what they should be doing because the federal government was going to pull that funding anyway because they're not doing their job at the schools. Anytime you try to do anything to make that situation better, everybody's up in arms. Every Democrat screams and hollers foul. So what are they yeah. doing to, to, to give us any information? Go ahead, Paul. No, I, I think both you and Ed are, are on target with your criticism of uh, uh, government officials and their uncanny ability to have uh, short-sighted vision. I'll give you a great example as it relates to something you just mentioned. The Kentucky Teachers Pension Funding System, back in the 1950s, it was presented to then-Democrat Governor Lawrence Weatherby that, the, that, uh, that some of the teachers had actually petitioned the state government to go ahead and join the federal Social Security system. And after some study and thought and debate, Lawrence Weatherby unilaterally declared that that wasn't going to happen because, according to him, that would have cost the state about a million dollars a year to do that. Okay. So they opted to disallow that. Now, that was in the 1950s. Look what has happened in the intervening years. Instead of finding a way to pay for the million-dollar 
a, a year back then. We now have how many billions? How many billion shortfall do we have? Oh, it's huge. Exactly. It's huge 40, now. 42 so, now. Yeah. So short-sighted political, short-sighted political decisions can have long-term consequences, and politicians yep. don't care about long-term consequences. Well, and it, and it wasn't available, and, they, and they, they wanted the power, and they wanted the easy out, because when you start the pension, you know, if at that point, just like any employer, you're, you have to match the employee's contribution to Social Security. The employer does. That means the state, would, what you're saying is the state would have had to, would have had to send whatever the rate was back then, as it is like now, 6.2%. The employee sends 6.2%. The employer matches 6.2%. So, they right now the state can say yeah we'll get around to it but if the state has to send the 6.2 to the federal government there is no waiting for it it's like no it's it's going now so yeah they right. just, they just they just wanted they just wanted to have the money they wanted to take, hold on to the money they convinced they could work their way through it but you know I look at the the whole mess short sighted politicians like I say when they want to make something sound terrible they want to make something sound good it's the only time they use any perspective, you know, oh, this will generate $100 billion, you know, <clears throat> over 10 years. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I just look at it as, like, hey, Fishers needs to get this done, and people need to look at them and say, you know, and I always hear, and this is another complaint that you hear on an issue like this, oh, well, Jefferson County pays more into the rest of the state than that. Or, you know, my response to that is, it's like, well, don't all you good liberals – want the people with the money to help the people without the money. So we got a poor state. So, you know, Louisville's going to chip in. Louisville's going to pay more than his share because we got more money than they do. This is an acceptable practice when you're talking about rich millionaires paying into, you know, whatever, paying in more taxes so that they can have better public housing. But, oh, but when the rich city has to help the state that doesn't have a whole, you know, in many cases doesn't have a, a bustling financial sector and stuff like that, then it becomes an issue. But right. in the end, I just think somebody needs to frame it. Greg Fisher does not want to make any make sacrifices to properly fund pensions. That's what that's because Greg, Greg Fisher, Fisher does it because Greg Fisher Greg wants Fisher, to stay in office. Greg Fisher does not want to properly fund the public pensions. That's right. what's going on. And right see now. that's the thing. Yep. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't. He doesn't want to fund them any more than his Democratic predecessors did. It's been that no, way forever. No, no. We're talking about the state level and the local level. Yeah. I mean, they, they I wanted the state a, to pick up all of this. You'll have a field day with this, Ed, and you'll have a field day with this. What if it was Angela Lee, the Republican? What if she'd won and she said we have a sixty-five million dollar? What would the reaction be? If oh, a good God! Mayor, <laughs> if, a Republican, if a Republican mayor all of a sudden. Was pitching a fit about funding the pension. Right, right. Oh, good God. Oh, yeah. good God. Could you imagine oh, the fallout yeah. on that? Yeah. Could you imagine the fallout on that? It's, it's, it's Fisher, so everybody's the media, the courier, and everybody. They're sympathetic to him. But if it was Angela Lee, they'd be going, This wicked witch of the East End. I don't, I don't think she's right. from the East End, actually. But this wicked witch oh. of the West doesn't want to make our fair contribution into the already struggling pension fund. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
that's a, that's a valid point, and that and that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's a yeah. valid point, and that's a problem we run into. I, uh, you know, it, it's very concerning to me that that we continue allowing this absurdity and this double talk and this hypocrisy coming from the Democratic side. They created this mess at the state level and the local level. Democrats, I mean, let's be real clear here. Democrats have been in charge for decades in a governor's mansion, uh, you know, and at the, at the local level as well. You know, now we have Matt Bevin in the governor's office right now, but it's a rarity in this state. You know, and, you know, let's be fair here, too. All right. The Senate Republicans have had control of the Senate for quite some time, even though the Democrats controlled the House until uh, an election or two ago. But they never came up with anything either. They didn't work together to fix this in Frankfurt either. Matt Bevin is now forcing this issue. Everybody thinks that Matt Bevin is the devil. I don't think Matt Bevin's the devil. I think he's stupid in some ways. But I think, but I think he's really seriously trying to fix this. He's looking at everything from a business standpoint, and I got to give him credit for that. You know, and that's the thing. We haven't had a will from the Republicans who were always scared to take on the pension stuff because they were scared to lose votes. And we haven't had a Democrat yet who didn't like a pocket they couldn't pick so that they could dag on, take advantage of the situation and enrich themselves. You know, Tony Landauer should be in jail for the stuff he's done with church without property taxes and all kinds of other people. Undervaluing things for Democrats and overvaluing for Republicans. And he, may, he still may end up in jail. I don't know. But all these things are going on. It's a manufactured crisis, in my opinion, because they don't want to do their job. And I think Brent Ackerson is absolutely right. This is the norm for here, that you wait until the last second and start screaming, hey, emergency, 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 and try to force the council to push something through. And let's be real clear here, too. Paul brought up merger earlier, but what were we promised with merger? That combining the county and the city governments would save us a lot of money. I have yet to see a dollar savings from that in all these years. Once they merged, the, the money we were spending on government increased exponentially, and it continues increasing. So we didn't gain any savings from that. So that was all a lie. You know, um, all of these things add up. You know, and now, and now we continue manufacturing these crises. So I'm having a little bit of problem trying to deal with that. Uh, I think Greg Fisher, as usual, is full of shit. I am very pleased with Brent Atkinson for standing up. Of course, Bill Hollander yep. is out there screaming and Fisher's writing all that shit, but he's basically a socialist in my opinion anyway, so he's a waste of space. So we got all these things going on. And in other news around Kentucky, we've got even more going on, speaking of taxes, right? Kentucky Sheriff in Martin County, Sheriff John Kirk, uh, went to a fiscal court meeting and said his office is still owed a $75,000 payment, his sheriff's office that was due in January. Uh, fiscal court has added new obligations on his office that are going to add $99,000 to his annual expenditures. So he's laid off his bookkeeper, limited office hours to 20 hours a week in the sheriff's office, and oh, by the way, he went on Facebook and told residents that they should lock your doors, load your guns, and get a biting, barking dog. Why is that? Because the sheriff's office in Martin County is suspending all law enforcement activities because there is not enough funding. Now, we look at this as a big picture and we start thinking, oh my God. But the sheriff's office, the law requires the sheriff to do just a couple of things. They're required to collect taxes. They're required to put bailiffs in court, and they're required to serve papers. That's it. 
The Martin County Sheriff has always went above and beyond to provide police protection without funding. But thanks to Martin County overlooking the obvious and doing the things that they're doing with their budget and abusing their money, apparently, uh, now he, he's not going to do police protection anymore, which he is not constitutionally obligated to do anyway. And he's catching a big uproar over this. I personally think that this sheriff is doing a good job with this. I think he's forcing the obvious to the forefront. Um, you know, I think residents should actually load their guns and lock their doors anyway. I do that. And, of course, I keep biting, barking dogs at home. You know, uh, you know. so I don't really have much of a problem with this. It's going to force Martin County Fiscal uh, you know, Commission to take care of their stuff and do what they're supposed to be doing, which is the service, uh, serving their community, especially with safety protection. What do you think? Well, I think uh, Martin County ought to go to, and probably is there. I don't, I'm unfamiliar with Martin County, but I think they ought to go to Kennesaw, Georgia route, just where everybody owns a gun. It's like, look, you want to come into this county and get out of line? Okay. <laughs> you know? But, you know, in a rural county like that, I, you know, I, I think he's right. I think he's doing what he went, he went above and beyond. And they took it for granted, as politicians do. Um, no, he, he is doing his job. Uh, they want him to do something extra. He may bounce in. You know, you, you come up with the money or not. Uh, so I think they're done. You know, and, and it's just like in you know, all these rural counties and stuff, you know, half the city council or whatever, you know, half the relatives got cushy ass jobs running a weed right. or a median or something like that. So, no, he he is fulfilling his obligation. As long as he fulfills his obligation, I would stand 100% behind him. I like his commentary, get a biting dog, and, uh, you know, I think the I think, uh, best way to phrase that is go Kennesaw on him. Just basically I actually don't have a problem with that. Let it, let, it, let it be known that you're breaking into somebody's house and they blow you out the back door. Um, Absolutely. Probably not going to be a real thorough investigation if you're in somebody else's house. You know, it's like, well, right. you know, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Learn, learn well, you know, the hard way. You know, it's interesting. My former brother-in-law uh, lived in Kennesaw, Georgia for a while. He was in the military there. And, uh, you know, it was fascinating. That was one place I always felt safe in when I went to visit. Every home had a gun. The neighbors were friendly. Nobody messed with anybody. And it's because of that. It was the great equalizer. And, of course, that's why the Democrats want to take the guns, I guess. They can't handle people actually getting along because it's an equal force. But we also have Knott County. The fiscal court approved a partial shutdown uh, last month of county government. This story comes from the uh, Courier-Journal, by the way. I don't ever want to let them think I don't give them credit, even though they screw me on mine. Um, but uh, because fiscal court approved a partial shutdown of county government in Knott County, uh, the road department can only respond to emergencies, but they also canceled health insurance for all county employees and elected officials. Uh, and the judge executive Jeff Dobson said they're going to make cuts to a program that delivers food to senior citizens. I find that interesting. They canceled health insurance for all county employees and elected officials. So what does that mean? These people are going to be looking to the state. All right. They work for the daggone county. Government agency, they're not working for minimum wage, I assure you of that. And now the state is going to have to pick up their medical, which is going to add another tax burden to, it, to we the people. Why? How screwed up is Knott County? Uh, you know, Pike County, they've laid off workers. They uh, put decided they wanted a major rate 
uh, increase for garbage pickup. So all that's going on. You know, so all these things are happening, and, and everything's moving forward. So we're not the only one that's having a problem financially. Yeah. But the one thing most of these counties have in play is it's typically Democrats that run the show. So what's what's going on with that? Yeah. Well, I, I think in some cases, it, you know, in the good times, and, and I'll say this much, it's like uh, the old dating all the way back to Obama, the country's been on a pretty good run, you know, as far as is is, is an economic upswing. And even there, it, it dipped a little under Bush towards the end, but they had a good run going up to that. I think you've just got a bunch of city, county, and state-type people that are just convinced that they, the money, you know, once again, being poor businessmen, they never plan for the worst-case scenario. So, you know, all of a sudden, even in spite of everything, you've spent more than you're taking in. People don't want to pay anymore. And I think long-term, what we may be looking at is the absolute worst-case scenario for a statist. And I'm not going to say liberal right. or conservative. A statist is that in situations like in little, I think they should, they have to cut back some services. I certainly, if I had my brothers, I'd say I'd rather it wouldn't cut back the, the emergency services like police, fire and EMS. But I think what we're going to find out is in, in, in cities you know, like this Martin County and in Knott County, stuff like that is that the people are going to get along surprisingly well without, without the government taking care of everything from clipping your toenails to wiping your butt. And that is that is the long term nightmare for some of these 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 bureaucrats, these people who who use uh, government, whether it be city, state or county, they use it as a uh, as a slush fund for their for their relatives who, you know, can't stay sober or something like that, can't hold a regular job. So they, they get right. those jobs. And we see that in Louisville too. We know that happens here too. But I, Absolutely. I think the, I think I think the longer term nightmare for these people is is you know okay so I think you called Mayor Fisher on it and says all right fine make your cuts there or make your cuts somewhere we'll deal with it and that if he tries to make his cuts and everybody says no we're not giving any more taxes make the cuts it makes the cuts and nobody notices you know sure but you're, but you know County, you're not gonna have a the, in Knott County they make the cuts. And nobody notices. Or Martin County, the sheriff's department stops doing that. So the state police roll through every once in a while. But they just say in this uh, Martin County, they they make the cuts, and maybe nothing bad happens. And all of a sudden, the people are like, "Oh, you pack of bastards! We didn't need you in the first place. You you know, you've been this crap all these years." That's exactly it. I mean, I hope I hope it is. I certainly hope our, our societies haven't gotten to a point where they're going to degenerate the minute the cops not standing behind you. Everybody's going to get right. a fight. But but I think everybody's pretty capable of getting along, and and right. I think that's that's what we're going to find out. Well, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, when we start looking at budget cuts and we start looking at everything else, I mean, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? Because nobody wants to make the cuts. Nobody wants to do the things that are necessary because the Democrats always take, take, take. And, and I know people hate it when I talk like that, but it's the truth. But the Democrats always seem to take, take, take. They don't ever give back, and they continue adding to that. They want more. Once they get other people's money, that's the thing me and you have talked about a thousand million times. Opium, right? Other people's money. They're addicted to it. You take as much as you can get, you blow it all, then you go back and keep going back. There has to be a balance somewhere where the people are finally getting sick of that mentality 
and I'm not sure we're there yet, but it's disturbing to me that we continue allowing this to go on without ever, um, without ever trying to hold any accountability. I mean, if you want to look at how bad it is, you know, people want to talk about socialism and everything else, which is exactly what the mentality is with today's Democrats. And now Fisher wants to jump on that bandwagon, too. He already has in many ways. But let's look at the way, you know, taxes are paid throughout the world. Germany, for example, they have a 47.4% income tax. They have a 19% sales tax. They pay over $6 a gallon for gas. England, 47% income tax, 20% sales tax, $6.10 a gallon for gas. Italy, 45.8% income tax, 22% sales tax. Greece, 65% income tax, 24% sales tax, $6.83 per gallon. This is what happens with, with socialist control of this so-called progressive movement that these Democrats in this country are all about now. Now, let me ask you something. Can any of us really afford to pay, you know, 45 to 65 percent on income taxes, throw in another 20 plus percent on sales taxes and six or seven dollars a gallon for gas and get ahead in this world or have any kind of a life at all? Not without making wages go up, but those wages are going to go up. It's not going to make a difference in your bottom line. The wages will have to go up to pay for all these taxes. So it's a bubble. That's what people are finding out now with the income tax returns. You know, we passed income tax changes and everything else. People are getting more money each week in their check, and now they're bitching because their federal income tax return, they're not getting back a, a daggone small fortune. They're getting back essentially what they should have been getting back all along. And quite frankly, why would you want to give the government a tax-free loan anyway, which is what you're doing when you get an income tax return. But we look at this stuff, right? So now they're bitching because... Well, I'm not getting back what I was getting. Well, yeah, you are. You're just getting it every week in your paycheck. Well, that's not yeah. the same thing. Why? Because you can't well, you're count. Not, you're not paying as you're not paying as much in. You're not getting as you know. You're paying less in, and but you're not you're not. So, so what you're saying, what these people are saying is, well, I'd rather I'd rather the government took extra because hey, that's what cracks me up is we have become so dumbed down as a society. I mean, and it's not just the government. The government enjoys that. The government actually enjoys the fact that people like returns because that means you're going to loan them your money so that you can have that nice, you know, whatever, late April surprise. It's like getting Christmas, but it's Christmas you paid for. And, right, and exactly. the government's got them there. And it's not only the government, but all these private tax preparers and stuff, they're like, Oh, we can help you get your refund quicker, you know, yay. Sure. And then you got the auto dealers and the furniture dealers and the plans dealers. We'll process your taxes so your refund, you know, we can spend it. Right. Like, this is going to be right. great. Like, no, people need to grow up and say, you know what the ideal tax refund, the tax that the, you should owe about $50 at the end of the year. That way, you know, you write a $50 check and then you're squared up with the government. It means you didn't pay them any more than you had to. Matter of fact, it means you paid them about a buck a week less than you probably should have. Good. So square up with them at the end of the end of the year on April 15th and get on with it. But people, amazingly, like I said, they've been marketed into believing that, oh, you want a big return, big return. It's right. a good thing. It's like, no. It is an unbelievably shitty thing, is what it is. Uh-huh. It is. It's a scam. You know, but that's what but that's what you set up. And I mean a lot of people that are bitching about that now are the people who really aren't making any money anyway. 
They're not doing anything to better their life. They're counting 22 kids by 35 different dads, all right, and trying to get deductions on all of that bullshit and everything else. They're paying in $100 a year in taxes and getting back 10 grand. They don't like it now because we're only getting back 1,000. They're still getting 10 times what they paid in, right? And that's not fair well, either. Think, you know, everybody think, else has to think, pay for that. I, think, I don't think those are actually fair. I think the earned income tax credit and everything is just fine. I think that what they're doing is it's just smoothed out a little bit. Your weekly withholdings were probably notably less, and probably you know your monthly and weekly withholdings are probably greater than the amount that you're that you you know the reduction in your weekly withholdings is great. So basically, right. it's just everybody's paying, been paying a little bit closer to what they should have been paying instead of overpaying. Absolutely, and that is not Absolutely. a bad thing. But everybody's just freaking out because they're because their Christmas in in April thing is you know it's this <laughs> bonus check that they they perceive it to right. be is not happening, and that just oh the stupid is yeah. So and if, and if they would and, and if people. they would take care of, and if they would take care of the money through the year. Put fifty bucks a week away for the year, you know that they're waiting for this tax refund to get. Instead of letting the government have it interest free, put that fifty bucks a week in a savings account, and get a little interest on it for yourself. Then maybe you have a little extra. You can buy a, a two-inch bigger big screen. I don't know. Uh, Let's better, go to Mayo. Or better yet, yeah, I was gonna say, or better yet, just pay off your credit card because that's gonna save you about fifteen to twenty percent a month. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't yeah. have credit cards I like them. I got rid of them twenty years ago. Go ahead, Mayo. I was just kind of curious what y'all's thoughts are because they're talking about the uh, there may be no Christmas in April because since you know the IRS and none of them wanted to work during the government shutdown, there's a backlog on uh, everything. And then the second thing is I'm surprised because, like you said, why give the government a interest-free loan? So many people claim zero on their W-4. Well, if you're single, you can claim two, but many businesses, they uh, to save money instead of ordering the forms, they just print out copies. Well, the copies don't have the worksheet on the back. It's just front, you know, for the W-4 or W-2, whichever. And uh, it, it lists what you can do and the deductions you can take. So if you're single, you can claim two. So if you claim zero, the government's taking, on average, 27%. You claim one, now they're taking 22%. You claim two, it's like 17 or 18%. So that money stays in your paycheck. You don't get as big of a refund at the end of the year, but I've still always gotten, yeah. you know, a pretty decent refund. You know, not thousands, but eight, nine hundred, somewhere around there. Sure. And the other well, thing that kind of kills me after I became a homeowner was that they did away with the head of household. Well, they didn't do away with it, but they changed it. Because used to, if you just owned a home, you could claim head of household because you're paying property taxes and other, ta- you know, everything like that. Well, now it's you have to have a dependent living with you in that home at least six months out of the year. And the standard deduction so went way up, too. So, you know, I mean, they, no. they offset a lot of that with a standard deduction. What's screwing up a lot of people right now is the standard deduction. It used to be, you know, it used to be, I think, your standard deduction was around 10, 12 grand, whatever it was. And, um, you know, so they basically doubled that. So a lot of people who are itemizing are already getting that deduction, Right. And that's, and, that, mm-hmm. and that's what's driving people nuts. They're already getting that deduction. So most of these long farms, this is where H&R Block and all the other ones get pissed off at, they make a killing going on their computer, punching in some numbers for the long form, and they charge you out the ass for something that the computer takes care of for them. They don't have to do any math anymore. The computer does it. Yep. And they charge you out the ass for it. Now basically everybody can file a 1040A, or most people can, you know, Pretty because close, they've taken yeah. you out. Know, 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, honest, so aside from aside from the, uh, the the fact that they have multiple income streams that have to be accounted for, as far as my uh, you know everything from ten ninety nines to W twos and all that, as far as you know, like I said, the accountants will have to figure that out. But I'm here to tell you, I've I've run some early numbers and I'm probably just going to stand on deduction. You know, I don't, I don't, I got a, I got a mortgage, but the standard deductions for being a wife will probably be more than our itemized. So, you know, you know what? We're taking the deduction. So yeah, aside, aside from the income end of it, you know, some rental income and stuff, aside from that, um, yeah, my deductions, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be looking for all these receipts and itemizing stuff and trying to explain it and get get letters from, you know, whatever charity I donated a couple cases of toilet paper to or something like that. Right. I'm not doing that. It's going to be pretty simple. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And that's what screwed up a lot of people. Um, you know, now, the, the upside is this year you're going to save a little money filling out your taxes. You're going to save at least $300 not filling out long form on your taxes. The downside is you're not even going to consider that when you get your tax refund. Um, you know, my son, for example, he works out at Ford. And, you know, look at his W-2s and everything else. But as soon as the tax, as soon as this new tax plan went into effect last year, he immediately noticed a jump in his paycheck, right? Yep. Now, this year, he's already filled out his taxes. He's already filled out his taxes for this year, and he's not getting as much of a refund. But when you add in what he had already gotten back through the year, it's pretty damn close. You know, so yeah. he's okay. He's happy. You know, he's happy. He's not happy because he didn't get, you know, a big refund, but he's happy because he got it through the year when he needed it, right? So all yeah. those things add up. And that's what I don't understand about all these people. They just drive me a little bit crazy. Late phone call. I'm going to go ahead and take it, even though we're almost done, because this is Mr. McAdam. How are you, sir? Oh my oh, God! I'm doing just fine. I'm just, I'm just really worried about this economic uh, crisis that the city is facing. I, I, I got a copy. I got a copy of the mayor's, the mayor's proposed list of cutbacks, potential reductions uh, for fiscal years 20 through 23, and it's, it's, it's just heartbreaking. The, the, the. Uh, uh, one of the things they're going to eliminate is is the shot spotter. Um, they they're spending four hundred thousand dollars a year on the shot spotters, which are things that that let the police know if somebody shoots a gun off in the West End. Right, um, right. <laughs> uh, they, they're going to cut back on that four hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. I mean, lives are, lives are at stake here. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I, I know and, you're being facetious. I don't know how you can be cut a straight face. They're cutting Go back ahead. on on public health and wellness. Uh, uh-huh. uh, what they're doing is they're they're cutting back on five of the mobile syringe exchange program sites. Uh, <laughs> they're limiting the the exchange hours for exchanging. I mean, we're talking about human lives here that are going to be lost because people can't get clean needles. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, they're, they're talking about not funding the Bell of Louisville. They're going, to, they're going to quit operating the Bell of Louisville. I mean, what are we going to do? It, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it, this is terrible. 
they're going to they're going to quit supporting Operation Bright Side. We're not going to have any any flower plantings on the medians anymore, and and and, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know how we're going to do it. And one of the big yeah. You remember two years ago we had a six and a half million dollar surplus when the mayor took right. Two million dollars and hired uh, drug dealers and ex-convicts as community outreach uh, people, and you know that's been so excess, so successful a program. I mean, we're, we're talking about human life here, and and they're going to cut back on that, and and uh, they're cutting back on support for the science center, and uh, and they're going to cut back the second shift animal control officers. Uh, this is a this is devastating. I mean, we have got to have some more time. I got to cut here. you off. I got to cut you off. I know you're being facetious, but it's eight o'clock. I can't go through this for twenty minutes. It's running out of time. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Normally, I'll let you go because I just think it's funny. But right now, we're we're basically at the end of the show, so I gotta. Mr. Martin, I have to bail in a minute, so I really got to cut you off. Yeah. But you know, that's the absurdity. <laughs> but that's you. Know, you just gave us a great list. Of yeah, the absurdity of where our money has been going for no reason whatsoever. The stuff you just listed is already a few million dollars every year. These shot spotters I never understood in the first damn place. They, they A gun goes off in the West End, so it tells you what basic neighborhood this gun was shot from. But, you know, it takes the police forever to get there anyway. How in the fuck is that going to change anything? It does not. <laughs> um, you know, I never understood that kind of thought process. You know, cross to Dave James. Even, that was his I idea. I didn't even mention the Wi Fi garbage cans. They're getting rid of four oh, Wi Fi yeah. garbage oh, yeah. cans. Well, we that, lost that's Google Fiber. That's going to save $40,000. Oh. Yeah, well, we lost what Google Fiber. What are these people going to do? I know. Well, that's well, the story well, Without Wi Fi garbage cans, uh, what are the people going to do at the bus stop? I mean, to, to I check it. on their, their portfolios. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yep. you know they can't get, they can't take their free Obama phones to the bus stop and get their free Wi Fi. The world's going to end. You know, um, I just think it's hilarious. I appreciate the calls, guys, but I do have to wrap up. I know Martin's got to go. Thank you so much, Mr. McAdam, for reminding us of the absurdity of this budget. Thanks for the calls, Mayo, Paul, as usual. Uh, and final thoughts. Well, you know, uh, final thoughts. I'm going to go off on a, a little bit of a tangent of what Mr. McAdam was saying. The uh, and this this it goes well with what I was saying about the mayor. It's like, look, you the mayor and and the other goofballs that are running this city have been running it for a long time. So you know you know where the the, the non essential spending is. And some of the stuff Tom listed, it, it's nice stuff. You know, if, if you had a extra load of money, that would be. It's I, I don't think it's bad stuff to have handy, but but you know what. A budgets are running a little tight. Uh, pensions are underfunded. You got to fund the pensions. At least that Lord knows Democrats are telling us that. You know, it's an invaluable contract. So you know what? Honor it. Shut up. Quit bitching about it. Honor it. And I'm with McAdam. I mean, like I said, these are these things that you listed. They sound like nice things to have, but when you got budget cuts, you got to toughen up. And make cuts. So I mean, I am utterly unsympathetic to local government. You know what? You're short. Make cuts. It's it's not a party. You don't. You know this is this is not like a bar that never closes down. It's you know you, you got to pay as you go. So make the cuts and stop belly aching about it. Be a big boy. You know, put your big boy pants on. That's that to me is the most pathetic thing about it. 
is the whining, and, and like Brent Ackerson said, this this crisis generation crap that goes on. No, be big boys. You're you're running a you're running a shortage. You're you're running a debt. You're running a deficit. Be a big boy and make the cuts, just like just like every responsible household or responsible business would do. And stop bellyaching about it. That's that's the thing that gets me the most. Got to make cuts. Sometimes you know you have up years, you have down years. I get that. We all get that. It's the belly aching. It's it's the crisis. It's it's the generating of the crisis. It's the whining. It's, oh, it's like you know, please, you're the mayor. You're you're a full grown man. You claim this business success and all this other stuff. Just you know, and Mike Ackerson said, just just deal with it. Just, and that's uh, you know we know we know people that are affiliated with Jackson too. But um, and, and for, unfortunately, I live just outside of his district. I would be proud to have him as a council person. But that's the big thing. When they start doing this, people just I wish people had a, a form of which to look at the government and just say, okay, just just stop the whining. It's it's pathetic, really. And you know, if anybody well, listening you. gets a chance, they need to look at the mayor and say, just stop the whining. It it. It's really pathetic. It's, it's it's sad to have to watch. Well, I totally agree with you on that. I uh, you know the biggest the biggest problem with with, with government spending is government itself. We uh, you know we're spending way, way too much time um, you know dealing with these idiots uh, and not holding them accountable. You know I, I look at so many things right now and I, and I just have to wonder. You know how is it that we continue allowing ourselves to do this? Take the West End for example. You know, the West End is ripe and prime for a major resonance. They have been for, for a couple of decades. But they continue electing Democratic mayors who come down there and lie to them about what they're going to do and uh, never deliver on anything, and yet the West End still votes Democrat no matter what. Like they're going to do something after all this time. It doesn't work that way. Um, you know, the, the big picture to me is simple. You know, you talk about Brent Ackerson. I like Brent Ackerson and what he's saying right now, okay? There's a lot of things about Brent Ackerson I don't like. Uh, and that's the truth. Um, you know, I've told Brent, you know, I've told him to his face, you know, this is ridiculous or this I don't like. But I got to tell you, the thing that I'd like about Brent Ackerson, doesn't matter whether he's a Democrat or Republican, he actually is willing to have the discussion and defend his position and have it, have a discussion with open ears. And that's all I ask for anybody. Let's have the communication. Let's see if we can find common ground. And Ackerson is that guy. I really wish he would have beat Fisher in the primary because we were going to get stuck with a Democratic mayor. But I think Brent Ackerson would have been a Democratic mayor who brings common sense to the table. So I like well, Brent he was Ackerson. For, he, was for county, he was running a county attorney. I apologize. My bad. My bad. I wish yeah. he would have run for mayor is what I meant to say. But the bottom line is, you know, that's people you can work with. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. That's people you can work with, and that's what we need in government. We don't have that. We haven't had that for a very long time at any level. Um, side note, the State of the Union last week went off on Tuesday. In my opinion, it was one of the best State of the Unions I think I've heard in quite some time, not because Trump is an eloquent speaker. Let's forget that. But let's look at the facts of what was going on in that. When the fact-checkers came out after the State of the Union, the media fact-checkers, I mean, it, it was laughable at what they were trying to fact-check on President Trump. One of which was that he said about a third of the uh, people cro- coming here illegally and crossing through the desert and everything else are raped or other, right? 
one of the fact checkers actually went out there and said that that was a lie. It was false because it's only 31%. Now think about how nitpicky you got to be. 33% versus 31%. That's exactly what the whole fact checking was by the mainstream media and the, and the liberal press. It was disgusting. The one thing I did like about President Trump's State of the Union, and I got to be honest with you, I loved it. You know, after they finally rescheduled this thing for last Tuesday, you know, I suggested on air two weeks ago that President Trump should not give the Democrats a copy of the State of the Union. There's not a requirement to give them a copy of his speech in advance. Let them have to listen to the speech and deal with the speech accordingly, just like we the American people do. Teach them a lesson for playing this silly game. Well, he did give them a copy of the speech. Turns out he gave them a copy of the wrong speech. He gave them a copy of a speech that he did not deliver at the State of the Union. That's why Nancy Pelosi was sitting in the days behind him, freaking out and going through the paperwork. This isn't what he sent us. What the hell is this? She was lost because she couldn't understand what he was saying. And to me, that was a brilliant move. And finally, when you look at the State of the Union, you look at all the damn Democratic congresswomen dressed in white. All right. Two things came to mind to me at that point. These Democrats continue screaming that white people are bad. And they chose white to wear at the State of the Union to make some sort of a statement that only makes sense to themselves. Nobody else in this country ever cared about it. And the other thing, white is a symbol of the KKK that the Democratic Party had, you know, before the Republicans finally got a hold of it and shut them out of business. So they decided to choose a racist color, white, that demonstrates the KKK. They decide to choose the color white that, that supposedly represents everything they hate, which is the white people in America today. And, and they're still not getting chastised for their racism and their hatred and everything else. I found that a laughable optic, if you will. Um, you know, not that I care what they wear, but, but, but the optics of it to me were extremely bad. And the mainstream press didn't do anything about it. If Republican women would have done the same thing under a Democratic president, it would have been the same thing, the same situation as you mentioned earlier with Angela Lee. There would have been an uproar. What kind of symbolism is that? What are you trying to create? You're crazy. I can't believe you did this. And they would be attacked at every level. So it's fascinating to me to see those things come together. Um, you know, the, the American people, I think, are waking up. A poll released today said President Trump's approval numbers are at 52 or 53 percent, depending on which poll you look at. And, and I think a lot of that had to do with the State of the Union. Now, the bottom side of this. Get ready for another government shutdown unless the Democrats cave. President Trump did exactly what Nancy Pelosi asked him to do. He said he would reopen. She said to reopen the government and they would talk about the border wall. Trump reopened the government. He gave the State of the Union. And they're still refusing to consider money for the border wall. You're going to do another shutdown. But in this case, you have to understand the big picture. Trump gave them exactly what they said they wanted, and they have refused to, to uphold their end of the under up into the uphold the other end of their word. That means that when we have another government shutdown, obviously, in my opinion, the blame should lie with, with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the other Democrats who continue to lie, cheat, and steal to do anything they want. That's it for tonight. That's it for this week. We will see you next week. Same time, same channel. Mr. Martin, thanks for joining us. You all appreciate it. For everyone else, have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us. Next Monday, 7 o'clock, same time, same channel. Take care. God bless. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. 
I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.